there, lovely. It is Kim Valentine here, or Libby Kennedy from Neighbours. Hey, this is Emily Milburn, Caitlin Atkins from Neighbours. Hi, this is Candice Lease, Wendy Rodwell on Neighbours. And you are listening to the award-winning... The best podcast in the entire world. For the Neighbourhood Rewatch. Welcome to the Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast. Award-winning comedy podcast. That's sometimes about neighbours. I am your host of Sarge, JK. We have Adam with us today. All right. And we have Tim. No, no Tim. He's pulled another sick. This is his first sick note of the year already. He might. No, well, he, he was off for his honeymoon, so he took the piss for a week. <laughs> now he's off again, quoting love as a reason, which I'm sorry, No. <laughs> no, if you want to listen to us slag Tim off for about 20 minutes about his Valentine's Day, it's a pound a month, Patreon. Yeah. Tim, if you want to hear us slag you, like, Tim's, Tim, surprisingly, does appreciate all the times we slag him off on, like, these ones where <laughs> Tim, put your hand in your pocket, sorry, ask Grace if you can have a pound, and subscribe to the Patreon. <laughs> Just one pound a month. Patreon. That's all it is, Grace. Give him a quid. Give him a Come quid. On. Just up his allowance a little bit. Come on. What do you think he spends that his, his allowance on usually? Obviously costas. Yeah, obviously costas. Um, but I reckon rather than like giving him the actual money, he, she probably like preloads a card for him every week. Yeah. It goes, yeah, yeah. right, you've got £15 on here. This needs to last you till Sunday. It's a good way to teach your child about the value of money, isn't it? So he could probably do with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of places take it. I, I can also imagine going to the arcade to like the grab machine and trying to just just every week just putting another pound in there and he yeah. never wins. I reckon there's a key ring he really fucking wants. Yeah. Yeah. And like he, he he'll give it to Grace as a present because you know, he is nice like that. And she's essentially spent fifty quid on it. <laughs> yeah. By giving him all these fucking pound coins. <laughs> so he's not here today. But um, we will talk about this a little bit before we talk about the actual neighbours. It is a busy couple of weeks for the neighbourhood rewatch, isn't it? It certainly is. This fe- to use a, a wrestling phrase, this feels like WrestleMania season right now. It does because officially, this is official as of right now. We are on the road to episode one hundred. This is episode ninety-seven. Fuck me! Who'd have uh, thought it? Who'd have thought it? Um, it's a huge milestone, and we are going to celebrate that in due fashion. Um, we, we've got, some, honestly, we've got some really good, fucking good things lined we up. Actually, have. A couple of I think weeks. I've mentioned this before. Sometimes we might bullshit a little bit, and we can't. Sometimes we say things are going to happen, but they're not quite confirmed, and then things don't quite go according to plan. Like Tim fucks us off or something. Uh, but this time, like over the next couple of weeks, we. We've got about six episodes planned, haven't we, that involve either just me and you, which is always nice, don't get me wrong. Sometimes Tim might be on, which... Which is always a special occasion. Do you know what I mean? We'll believe it when we see it. But then also, we've got some other people coming on, which we're very excited about. Other people that aren't Tim. Yeah. Uh, Is it Grace? No, she's she's a bit angry with us, I think, after like the <laughs> wedding and slagging off his Valentine's Day. <laughs> Is it Peyton? Not after the story you told on the <laughs> Patreon, no. It's a pound. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a pound pay. pay what are we gonna what are we doing about this? Like this is this is probably behind the scenes stuff, but I'm gonna ask you while we're on. Are we are we letting our our listeners know what's happening? Because I think that would build it up a little bit. We can't just do it and put it out there. I think we need to build it. If we yeah. build it, they will come. All I'm gonna say to our listeners is stay tuned. Uh, we will let you know in due course what is going to happen. You're not giving them any more than that? No, not right Why now. Why should they not listen then? Episode. Why should they actually listen to us? Uh, I mean, the, the top quality banter that we have, uh, the quality neighbours content that we have. And you've just said we've got other people coming on that aren't Tim. That's all I'm willing to say right now. Other people that aren't Tim. And sometimes not Tim. And that should be incentive enough as well, really. There are some that, like this one without Tim. So we've got the other people coming on. We have got Tim on one episode, but the extra that I'm not even talking about the hundredth episode because that's a separate entity itself, isn't it? Oh yeah, the hundredth episode will be an absolute extravaganza. Um, you, you know, imagine the Oscars and the Grammys and and WrestleMania itself, and WrestleMania and the Super Bowl and. Uh, all the world finals combined together, that's what the 100th episode is going to be. So it'll probably be a long one, but it'll be a good one, won't it? Yeah, it certainly will be. Uh, we're here for a good time and a long time. Uh, but right now, we've done enough teasing there. We've done enough teasing. Stay tuned. There is some fantastic things coming up over the next couple of weeks. But Honestly. right now, we're going to talk about some neighbours. Uh, of course, if you want to... Keep tuned about, stay tuned about all these things on the socials at Watch Neighbor. There is a Facebook group or a Facebook page. The What's happening on there at the moment? I don't know much, to be honest. If I'm honest, it's been, uh, it, it's been a slow start, shall we say, for the old Facebook. Uh, I thought I thought Facebook might be our demographic, but maybe not. Maybe we should early have, days, early days. Yeah, maybe we should have listened to Candice all along. She said nothing good happens. No, she fucking hates Facebook. Uh, so, yeah, maybe. Uh... Hi, Candice, by the way, if you're listening, I'm sure you are. Uh, uh, we watch these episodes on Daily Motion. Neighbours UK Fans Forever is the channel. The lovely person who has uploaded these episodes. These episodes being 4,081 to 4,085. Uh, first storyline I want to talk about. Let's talk about Flick and Steph. And... Uh, Steph is on the hunt for Mitch, and she's roped you along as well. Oh, shit. I forgot it's happened. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, she's convinced she knows where Mitch is. Uh, she's she's figured it out. It's in some remote place somewhere. She's like, yeah, he's definitely going to be there. But well, I need that dodgy there. guy. She met a dodgy guy, and the dodgy guy was like, no, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. And it was obvious he knew exactly what she was talking about. Yeah. And then a little bit later, he rang her up. Don't think she actually gave him her number, so that was odd. Um, and he was like, oh, you know, I said I didn't know where Mitch was. I do. I've just figured and, it out. Yeah, and Steph was like, well, yeah, it's fucking obvious. So so it's in this, like, remote, like, he's got a little campfire going on. Her and Stu go off to find him. They don't tell anybody else, though. They, like, Joe, Joe sees him on the way out, and Joe says, you off to find that Mitch that that weird guy told you about? And Steph goes, uh... No. And he goes, what about you, Stu? And he goes, Stu says, no, I am also not going to find Mitch. 
<laughs> Hi, Joe. And they both just fuck off to find Mitch. Yeah, I'm a bit disappointed in Joe Scully here because he should have sniffed this shit out straight away. Yeah. Uh, like, he knew, he, like, he just, I don't know, the, the football was probably on or something, right? he wanted a beer, but he just, he let it, he looked, he gave him a look and went, that's not right, but nah, fuck it, I'm going to have a beer. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed by that as well, because we've said in the past how a Joe Scully spin-off detective series would be fucking money, not if he's going to behave like that. No, not at all. Uh, and while they go off, Flick has noticed a little bit of chemistry between Stu and Steph. Uh, so she, she, uh, she inquires Lynn about it. She's like, ah, oh, what's going on with them two? They're getting close. And Lynn's like, listen, just fucking shut your legs, all right? Oh, she's trying to get in there again, isn't she? Yes. And Lynn shuts that shit down straight away. She's been back like two days. She she's broke like, Flick's... No, Flick broke Stu's heart by fucking off. She went off with Steph's husband, almost. Mark fucked off. Now she's like, oh, them two shagging, because I wouldn't mind shagging him. Yeah. Yeah, Lynn, like, stop it. Yeah, very much like, shut your fucking legs, you slag. Like, just fucking... Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in so many words, she's like, listen, can you just just sit this one out, all right? I know you want to bang him, but for the sake of everybody in the situation, don't fucking shag him, all right? And she kind of takes that on, doesn't she? She's like, She's like, right. yeah, maybe on this occasion, you're right, Lynn. Slash mum. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but student, go back to student staff and they're out, they're lost. And they're like, fucking hell, we're never going to find Mitch here. And that was, this was really bad. So they've parked up, they've parked the car up with a big map. And they've got the map on the bonnet of the car and they're both looking at it and they're both like, fucking hell, we're a bit lost. We're never going to find this place. And then they turn around, point off to the distance and just go, do you think it's over there? Yeah, there's a fire over there. Should it we go straight away. Yeah. And so they follow the fire. They're like, well, you know, Mitch might be making a fire. And lo and behold, he is making a fire. Uh, he looks like he, he's gone full homeless, gone yeah. from homelessness, man. And he's like, he's fucking fuming at first. He gets up and he's like, oh, fuck you, Steph. But he's too ill and he collapses straight away. He I thought he was going to collapse into the fire and just burst into flames at one point. That would have made sense, to be honest. It would have been a bit graphic for 5.35, but... Um, yeah, he's like, fucking get away. How did you find me? He just collapses. He's absolutely fucked. Steph calls Stu over and they somehow get him to the hospital. Yeah, despite being lost in the middle of nowhere. Get him to the hospital. And Joe is fucking fuming. He shows up at the hospital. He's like, I fucking knew you were up to. And and she's like, yeah, dad. But he's like, I don't give a toss. And I'm like, yeah. He was fuming. Then Lynn's fucking fuming. Yeah, she doesn't give a toss either. Well, she's she's it. absolutely um, distraught at this stage. And then Flick's there as well, for no reason. Just hanging around in the background going, and I'm but then, Yeah, and then she goes, she like sidles up to Stu and goes, you all right? <laughs> and Lynn's like, fucking come here. <laughs> I think you're sad. I think Lynn's got her on. She's like, when you get those toddlers and you get them on like little reins and you can just pull them back at any moment. Like think- you had to walk around Italy. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's got Fleck on there. Going, Fucking get back here. Yeah, get back here. Get back here. Um, he's in a bad way, though. He's, he's old Mitch, isn't he? He's, a, he's got septicemia, I think. A uh, bit of gangrene. He might have pneumonia, I think, Darcy yeah, pneumonia. says. Uh, yeah, he's got he's he's got fucking everything. Uh, Steph wants to get in and speak to him. And Darcy's like, Steph, back the fuck off here. I'm the fucking doctor. Yeah. You're not getting in. 
fuck off home, all right? Uh, but she doesn't fuck home. She, she shows back up again. She's like, and Darcy's like, I've told you to fuck off already. Fuck Even off. the police are there. The police are saying, you need to fuck off. You're only making it worse for yourself. Oh, and by the way, um, Mitch has said you were behind it all. So um, you're a bit fucked. Yeah, maybe get yourself a lawyer. Yeah. But as he's explaining all this, Mitch uh, nearly dies. He goes into cardiac arrest and it's all happening. Uh, And then we cut to the scene and Dee's just looking after him, just giving him a bit of a sponge bath. And she goes, you nearly died there, Mitch. And he's like, yeah, I know. And he's like, well, you're very lucky to have not died there because you very nearly died. Uh, Well, he doesn't die. He doesn't die. And at this stage, he's, he's fucking Steph over a little bit. So there, Steph and Stu are like, right, we might need a lawyer here. This is not going very well. And then Stu has an idea. Yeah, because in his, his what he thought were his dying words, he's like, it was all fucking Steph. It was all their fucking fault. So the police are like, well, yeah, it was Steph then. And uh, this is a nearly dying man's words. Uh, and Steph, Steph realizes she's fucked here. So, but yeah, Stu, good guy, Stu, comes up with a fantastic plan, uh, which is that he gets Mitch to record a voice note. Footy voice notes again. They are the future. In two thousand two, they were the future. Um, so he sneaks in with his because Stu's job is like bring their bringing them the tea is he in the hospital. Orderly? Is that yeah? He's like he's like a food technician or something. Um, so he brings in the food. Um, and he's just start speaking to Mitch. He's like, oh, my friend of Steph's. And, and Mitch is like, yeah, I fucked her right over. And she, and she was like, what do you mean you fucked her over? Please describe. What, like, <laughs> surely, surely uh, um, you didn't do anything wrong, Mitch. And Mitch goes, actually, I fucking did. And he's got Stu's got a little sneaky tape recorder hidden under it in his pocket or something, and he he records the whole thing and he gives it to the police. He does, and Steph's thrilled with this because she's like, "Brilliant, I'm in the fucking clear." The police straight away say, "Go well, we can't use this in court." No, but yeah, fine, you're off the hook. Don't worry, don't worry about that. We'll take you for it on this one. (laughs) To be honest, there's a lot of fucking paperwork. Yeah, that could nearly die. So we'll uh, yeah. Just off you go, Steph. Don't worry. Just keep an eye on last year because I think Flick's been sniffing around. Yeah, he does. And then at the end, it was weird. So they kind of wrapped that all up. And then they go, who the fuck left that motorbike on the driveway? <laughs> like, they didn't even make a call back to it, which was brilliant. They did, but then never mention it again. Well, no, because... I mean, I mean... You might be a bit ahead of me because I only watched like five episodes and you might have watched ten. But where I'm at the moment, they did that again. They brought it back up and then I don't know anything else about this motorbike. Is there something more about the motorbike in the drive? There is. So full disclosure, full disclosure, we are an open and honest podcast. I have actually watched a few more episodes on top of the ones we're discussing. Uh, So I did have to check my notes there. Uh, But Adam, yes, then there is something about the motorbike on the drive. We'll get to that, though. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. It it comes full circle, indeed. G'day, this is Mark Rafferty, also known as Dr. Darcy Tyler on Neighbours. And you're listening to the award-winning Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast. Though I'd like to know what awards they won. They didn't tell me. 
I've got a side question. It is Valentine's related, but also neighbours related. Um, could what at the moment? Who 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 do you think are like the top five couples in neighbours? Who would you who would you say are uh, who would who's quite romantic? Who do you see lasting long term? And like there's some there's some people who are supposed to be together who I think at the moment are a little bit on the rocks. Mm. Uh, well, Tour and Libby have been no, they seem okay, but you know. But are they going to have to separate for a little while? Oh, well, we'll get to that. We'll get. We will get to that. So there's that one. Then you've got Carl and Susan. They're going through things. Are they going to sort it out or not? Then we've got um, Michelle and Connor. Feels like there. There's a little bit of tension or jealousy in there. A little bit. I don't know. We've got Joe and Lynn. They've got some big plans long term that they want to do. Yeah, about 18 years, I think. Exactly. We've got D and Toady. What do we think? Yeah, they're... Uh, well, they, they, this whole situation is definitely... it's Toady is struggling with... As you would do. Like, if we were with D, I'd be like, fuck it, how have I, done, how have I managed this? There yeah. is... There has been times where I've been like, I don't know, I've done this with 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 certain, <laughs> with certain women. I've just got after I've pulled this one off. Yeah, uh, and Tony, is it imposter syndrome? Would you say to a certain degree? Yes, it is. Yeah, I know, I know what what you mean. But he's definitely feeling that. So, D for some reason wants to go on a double date with Army Ray. I don't understand why. Yeah, because I thought she hated the gun, but. Yeah. Uh, but Army Ray's like, ah, oh, don't worry about that. I remember when I tried Shaggy. Don't worry, I've got a new girlfriend now. Let's go on a double date. And Dee's like, oh, yeah, actually, that sounds all right. Tells Toadie, and Toadie's like, no, A, that's not shit, and B, I'm working. So not a chance. Uh, so Dee's like, ah. Oh. She goes to tell Ray, and he's like, don't worry, just be the three of us. We know what Ray's thinking. We know what Ray's thinking. Very obvious. Uh, but then, obviously, his girlfriend... Delta Goodrum can't go because she's 12. Yeah. So, And they're not together at this stage. And they're not either. together either. No, he ran off because... She's 12. She's 12, yeah. <laughs> and he knows the watch. He's always watching. Always. Always watching. So he's like, ah, oh, it's just me and you, D. Yeah, because it's changed now from like going to the pub or going on a double date. And now it's just with me and Delta Goodrum will come round for some drinks at your house, even though Toadie's not going to be there. And he shows up, says, oh, Delta Goodrum's ill, or she's got fucking homework or whatever it is. Um, we we could just get pissed in your house, though, if you want to. And D goes, eh, yeah, I guess that'll be fine. <laughs> You're an idiot. Yeah, this this wasn't the smartest move I did, because we all know what's happening in here. Uh, and Rain... Does try it on, of course he does. Predictably, he doesn't even waste any time, really, does he? Oh, he does very forcibly try it on. Uh, yeah, quite uncomfortable, really. It's uh, very uncomfortable. Like Dee handles herself. They make Flick show up. They're definitely trying to make Flick like a good guy again. Yeah, because Dee is handling the situation quite well. She, you know, she physically kind of puts Ray away and slaps him, and then yeah. Flick's showing up going. I'll fucking save you, D. And she's she like, fucking well, walks in the house. Just walks in their house. And D's like, don't worry, I've already fucking sorted this situation. Uh, but then Flick's like, ah, get out, Army Ray, you dick. Uh, and he's like, you need to tell Tony this, by the way. 
straight away she's so in fucking insistent that she needs to tell Tony yeah. what's happened. And she's like, no, I don't really want to tell Tony what's happened here. It's only just happened. I'm still trying to process it. Coming from Flick as well, who managed to keep uh, the secret of her and Mark getting it on for months. Um, <laughs> she's very insistent on detailing this truth straight away here. Um, so pot and kettle and all that kind of stuff. But D, understandably, well, I don't know. What do you think? D's a bit like, oh, hang on, just give me a bit of time to think about it. But then the longer she spends thinking about that, if she just told Tony straight away, oh, fucking hell, raise a dick, would have got sorted. But she kind of keeps it a little bit of a secret for a bit, doesn't she? And he comes home and he says, you all right? And D's like, yeah, all good. She's not all good. Yeah, I so like so she does eventually tell him, she like, and she does tell him, and oh, I really feel like Tony completely misses the point here. What in what way? I can't remember. Uh, refresh <laughs> me a little bit. So he misses the point because he's because Dee's aware, obviously, that she's super hot and that Tony is punching, and that Tony is feeling conscious about the fact he's punching. Yeah, so that's kind There's of been a couple of other things, haven't there? Which yeah, exactly. The football team and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. So she's a bit. She, she's she. That's why she doesn't want to tell him because she doesn't want him to feel, you know, bad about himself or self conscious yeah. and this, that, and the other. Uh, but she eventually does because she realizes that truth in a relationship is 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 the better option here. Uh, but he really takes that part about like you know, the the imposter syndrome really on. All of a sudden, he's like, yeah, and then he storms into the pub and has a right go at Army Ray. And he's like, yeah, people like you have been treating me like this all the time. Think you can just take my girlfriend. And he really misses the point, I think. And he makes it about him when he does, yeah. should really be out the fact that he's... His girlfriend's been assaulted a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't. He never asks if she's okay. And he doesn't, like, do anything no. for her. No. Um I did like his speech. I thought that was good because it, like... And he, and he does get a slow... Hand clap from yeah. Dar- I think Darcy starts it off. He does, yeah. He's using a slow hand, like everyone in the pub, slow hand clap, which is brilliant because everyone knows Ray's a bit of a dick. But yeah. you're right, he does kind of make it about himself. And also, we've been following Tony's journey for a little while now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been re-watching it, you might say. Um, I can't think of a time when he has bagged someone really hot and someone has taken his hot girlfriend away. Yeah, that's literally never He's happened. making it sound like this has always happened to him when I don't think this particular thing has ever happened to him in his life. Yeah, completely. <laughs> 100% agree. He's, yeah, he's no one's ever wanted his girlfriends before. No, I don't even know <laughs> who he's had before, if he's had any, like... He never really annoyed him on that time, I remember. Like, when we first started this, he had a Possibly, really yeah. Like, even At the he, radio station. Yeah, that like, even he didn't want, he didn't want to spend any time with her. You know, that, that was the kind of level he was at before. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he makes it all about him. And everyone starts clapping him. And, like, to be honest, he should have been on the phone to the police straight away. To be honest. And then he comes... Go on. And my favourite part about this is that he comes on and tell, goes to D. He goes, yeah, the right fucking go at, at Army Rain in the pub. Everyone was clapping. And do you realise he was sh- trying to shout Delta Goodrum? Do you realise the fucking pedo as well? And he's like, I'm, he's a fucking pedo as well. Yeah, they do drop that on him as well. And they're like, 
But then I felt a bit bad because Ray didn't know she was 12. And as soon as he did find out she was 12, he fucked off. He did did nothing wrong in that. He got scammed by the fucking 10-year-old and Delta Goodrum a little bit. And he ran as soon as he he found out. He did the right (laughs) thing. To be fair to him, he might have tried to sexually assault Dave, but he did. He ain't no pedo. He's not a pedo. He did. He did the right thing. If you if you ever find yourself in a situation where you shit like shit, I'm Peter with someone here. Run, just run away. Yeah. Just you know what? The, even if you think maybe you are, don't stop and think about maybe. Just fucking get your ass out of there. Just run. Just run for the fucking hills. <laughs> Never look back. Uh, yeah, totally. Or missed. if you are doing it, immediately try and shag someone who you know is a bit older. Then... <laughs> uh... <laughs> should I give the amne- should I give the amnesia storyline uh, some sort of uh, bit of music at this point? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I will do then. I'll make that happen. What kind of style would you like the um, um, you know, like storyline to have? I want it to be like almost like that dream, like something like that, if you can. Okay. Don't worry, I'm a man that can. Put it in now. <laughs> yes, but on that, nothing uh, that that says amnesia to me. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it, Adam. Yeah, no, that's one of your best. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I am well renowned for my uh, my jingles. Just in case it was fucking terrible. <laughs> do you want to do another kit? Do you want me to do another one? Hang on, yeah, do another one now. Oh, that's that's awful. Tim will <laughs> hate that, and so do I. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I'm sorry, Adam. I'll try better. There you go. Got all the bases covered there. All the bases covered. Um, so yeah, Susan, she's having more flashbacks. Uh, she tells Lynn, she was like, oh, had a bit of a kinky one about Carl. Had a bit of a kinky flashback. Oh, she does when she's doing the dishes. Oh, no, that comes a little bit later on. She's, oh. At first, she's telling Lynn in the kitchen. She's like, yeah, I had one about kissing Carl. And, you know, good old kiss up. Flashback. Yeah. And she's like, he's a fucking good kisser, you know? I quite enjoyed that flashback immensely. And Lynn's like, yeah, well, you know, you were married to him, so you probably did enjoy those things. Uh, I also enjoy a good old kiss up with Joe. We're currently trying to make a baby. Uh, so that is involving more than just kissing right now. Um She's basically giving Susan the talk. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, what it's like, well, we've got to remember, Susan's about 15 here. Eh? Yeah, so... exactly. So she's kind of giving her the talk, going, oh, you know, when two people love each other, they go and make a baby, and I'll drive some diagrams now about how that's done. But what you should always do is eat after. Yeah. Try and make a baby, then have some tea afterwards. Do it that way around. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that, you just start feeding the baby straight away then. 
get pregnant, one. start feeding that baby straight away. I'm not sure that's exactly what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it happened that quick. So what's Susan thinking then at this at this stage? Is she because last time we we met and we had this sort of chats like we do? It was she got Tim Collins, that dodgy lawyer involved. He was saying take half. Carl was saying, I don't even want half, take it all. Susan was like, fucking hell, I've already given away the piano. I'm not really asked. Tim Collins was saying, you're 45, you need like money and things. And she she still wants to divorce Carl. Where do you think she's at at this stage? She seems conflicted and all over the show. She does, so she kind of, she's kind of settled on a middle ground here. She's like, yeah, I do kind of need stuff, but I don't want to completely fucking rip this guy off. So they're at, they're having dinner and they're dividing stuff up. And Carl's like, oh, yeah, this was from here. Do you want it? No, all right, fine, whatever, I'll have this. Do you want this? This was your mum's. And she's like, nah, I should probably have that since it was my mum's. Uh, and then just, it's not quite amicable and it's a little bit sad. But, you know, they're having dinner and then, you know, they're, they're doing the best out of the situation they can here. Uh, and then Susan's washing up because I think Carl cooked, so it's only fair that Susan washes up. Yep. Uh, and then she has a bit of an orgasmic flashback. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, she she was really enjoying this flashback. And as as she's enjoying this flashback, she's like, oh, yeah, I love you, Carl. She said it. She did say it. And Carl's like... Carl, and Carl is her. He does. And he's like, what do you mean? You fucking love me. And then that's like the, the cliffhanger. Um, yeah, and you're like, fucking hell. She, she really, I, I honestly thought she just... I legit, I was like, I got up off my seat going, oh, this is how the storyline ends. She just washes the dishes and remembers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe You'd be I, wrong to think that that was the end of it, though, wouldn't you? You would be wrong because, and so I got really annoyed by this because we watch these on Daily Motion, UK Neighbours Fans Forever, and they're clearly, they're videotaped. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes you get the little intros on the BBC beforehand, like he's, He's, you know, he's been clipped there or whatever. And on the next episode, the person on the BBC says, oh, Susan's got a memory back. Oh, really? Yeah, do you like the little speech to do yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in the show? Oh, Susan's remembered and remembered her marriage again. Yeah. I'm like, fucking hell, it has happened. And then she just hasn't. No, so. she hasn't. She turns around and goes, you know when I said uh, I love you? Um, I don't. Um, I remember the idea of loving you. But I don't love you now. She's like a robot trying to get the concept. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. But like, it, it still manages to come across as the most hurtful thing you could ever say <laughs> to someone. I think it really is a horrible. Here's what you could have worn. Did you think this? Well, actually, it's the opposite. Actually, the opposite. And I'm sure you're lovable, but not by me in this moment right now. I'm sure someone has loved you before, but again, not me. Yeah, I cannot stress enough that I did love you, and now I definitely do not. (laughs) Despite me 15 seconds ago saying, I love you, Carl, and giving a slightly orgasmic moan. Just in case you were wondering, (laughs) do not. So she's understandably a little bit shy from this. Yeah. Like, oh, I kind of fucked up there and, you know, just told him I loved him and had a bit of an orgasmic moan in the kitchen. Uh, but, I did, again, I stressed that I do not love him. Uh, but it's Carl's birthday. What a great time. What a great time to tell someone you don't love him. 
<laughs> on their birthday eve. So he's having some birthday celebrations. This is mm-hmm. mental what happens next. For no reason. So that, that like you've gone from quite a devastating, serious thing there in this amnesia storyline that's just affecting people and really ruining their lives. And then the, the writers have probably thought, whoa, this is getting a bit serious. How can we make this storyline absolutely ridiculous? And then some it was probably like a work experience lad in the background who maybe was still a bit pissed from the night before, blatantly has shouted across the writer's room, belly dancer? (laughs) Mental. Definitely mental. Uh, Yeah, so she... At first, Carl's just getting to the pub with Susan uh, with uh, Joe and Lynn. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to have a pub lunch with Joe and Lynn for my birthday. And Susan's like, oh, that's a bit sad. That's a bit of a shit birthday there. Uh, I'll sort something out for him that he'll fucking love. Uh... So, yeah, I'll get him a stripper slash belly dancer. Uh, I don't know if that's disrespectful called belly dancer strippers. I imagine it's really rude, yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, they are exposing parts of their body, specifically. They don't the take belly. it all off, though. They, they're already in that kind of garb, aren't they? Or do they not, like, reveal the belly? There might be a bit of, like, the veils and things like that, the dance of the seven veils. So they are taking off clothes. No, I stand by my original statement. Belly Dancer is a stripper. They are the views of JK, our host of sorts, and not every member of the Neighbourhood Rewatch, by the way. Um, What I thought was a nice little touch, a little callback, um, they make reference to a gorillagram, which is from the the opening episode and the finale episode, spoiler alert, um, which I thought was quite good, if that's what they meant to do. And I think they probably did. Yeah, I think they did. You need to give the writers some credit here. I mean, they've just come up with a belly dancer scene. So, And the best thing about this whole thing is that uh, Carl and Susan, Alan and Jackie yep. are just having a fucking great time. They're not even They're just fucking finding this hilarious. They're like, I get to show up to work and uh, this is what I have to do for work today. Fucking brilliant. She's having a good old belly dance. Alan's loving it. Jackie's loving it. It's a great time. You're like, this is fucking fantastic. This is why these two are great together. Yeah. Uh, they're having a great old time. Then afterwards, Billy Dance is gone. You only pay for the hour, I imagine. Uh, yeah. So, or, 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 or when you're finished, either well, you say, comes do you first. Want, do you even want a full hour of belly dancing? I feel like I'd be bored after 10 minutes. Yeah, it depends how much you're into bellies, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you if like you have a bit of a belly fetish, you yeah. You're probably like, another hour, please, another hour. But if you're not that much into bellies, then, uh, yeah, after 10 minutes, you'll be like, all right, can I see your tits now? Oh, you're, no, you've gone too far. You're horrible. <laughs> uh, so afterwards, after belly dancers gone home, uh, they're having a good old dance up themselves, just laughing about what a great time they had. And they agree that they're going to be good friends. They're not going to completely disappear from each other's lives, but they're going to be good friends together. But do you think that's... Like, Carl doesn't want that. Surely that's even worse than I don't love you, let's just be friends. If you want to, if you're married to someone and you're in love with them and you want to sort it all out and someone says, we can be pals, do you want that? Do you want to hear that? No, I think, I think they're just... They're in the glow of having a nice time and... It's just a nice thing to say, I think, at this point. Oh, yeah, let's be friends. We've had a good time here. We'll be good friends. We'll not be complete strangers, but we'll go our separate ways. Okay. Uh, so it's just a nice way to end it. It's better to nice. 
I'd say I don't. I do not agree. I think that's horrendous to say to someone. Let's be. We're not, we're, just to just to go over it one more time, so everyone's clear. I do not love you at all, but we can be pals. I would. I'd have to say, go fuck yourself. I'm afraid. <laughs> I would. I don't. I don't want any. That would be just ripping your heart out and waving it in front of you every day of the week. True. Deal with it. This is this is it. Maybe I sound a bit bitter, like I've been burnt before here, but I don't mind. This is how I feel. You have probably been on the on the other end in your ivory tower, saying "Let's be friends" to people and breaking hearts left, right, and center. This side of Rome and the other. Well, to be honest, when if I've ever said "Let's still be friends," I've meant maybe let's shag again. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew yeah. I knew that was coming. Uh, keeping that window open for one more go on the merry-go-round. Well exactly. The window isn't fully open, but it's just slightly ajar. And sometimes that's all you need, just to get the crowbar and just rip it back open again. You are so army ray in this scenario. <laughs> Life is always full of possibilities. Don't intentionally shut any out. You're right. You are right. Damn. Good advice. Too different. I wonder what Tim would have said in this situation. I don't know, but it wouldn't have been funny. <laughs> One more storyline to talk about. And it's someone who's not had a storyline for a while, to be honest. He's just kind of been there pretty much ever since he married Libby, if I'm honest. I know who you're talking about. Well, yeah, there's only one person who married Libby. That's what gave it away. (laughs) So you're talking about Drew? Yeah, he has pretty much since marrying Libby. I know what you mean. He's he's been there and he's been involved in little things, but he's like, like... Steph had the Mitch thing and Aaron Libby fell out and Drew was just there being like the the straight man. He was just like the man for advice and the same for a couple of other little situations as well. He's just kind of been around. I know what you mean. So, um, out of the blue, he gets a call and he gets a storyline. He does. His dad gives him a call. He's like, fancy coming to Oki for the weekend. He's like, fuck yeah, I'll come to Oki for the weekend. I love Oki. It's my hometown. Uh, he's like, bring the kids. Oh, the kids and the wife. And he's like, yeah, no problem. I'll bring them. But then Ben gets some sort of infection. He's got an ear infection, I think. An ear infection. So Darcy's like, well, he can't fucking fly because he's got an ear infection. Yeah. So you can't go to Oki right now. And Libby's like, oh, fucking hell. Fine. Da- uh, Drew, you go on your own. We'll join you in a couple of days when he's ear infection. They literally show up three hours later, though. Yeah. Like there's a little bit where oh he went to the doctors that said it's fine and then they're there at the fucking farm it's they like it made no sense yeah they literally got the flight after yeah the very next flight uh, so yeah Drew's in Oki okay. uh, and he, he's convinced absolutely fucking convinced here that his mum and dad are split it up yeah uh, his mum's working away somewhere she works yeah. away quite a lot uh, the, and his dad's bought an, a new farm and he's like yeah, you're definitely getting divorced, aren't you? She's left you, you know, kids have left. Emptiness syndrome, all that. And he's like, no, no, we're still... Don't worry about this. Don't worry. And he's like, well, what the fuck is it then if you're not splitting up? And he's like, got some horses, mate. And Drew's like, you've got some fucking horses? He's got fucking loads of horses. Loads of fucking horses. And Drew's like, fucking brilliant, I love horses. Let's go have a look at them. And he goes, has a look at the horses. 
Uh, and he's like, yeah, these are nice horses, these. <laughs> and Drew's dad, I can't remember his name. Uh, he'll come to me at some point. Uh, goes, want to manage these horses? I need a horse manager. And he's like, well, I can't, I'm, I'm the horse director. Yeah. Horse CEO. I need yep. a horse manager underneath. Uh, he's basically putting together Kirk and Sons fucking horses, isn't he? He's already got the logo sorted. He's got, he's got the fucking sign and he's got the horses. Uh, yeah, what do you so, need? He just yeah. needs Drew to fucking manage the horses. Yeah. It, it's, you know, for, for Drew's dad, it's just a fucking done deal at this point. He's like, yeah, you're just going to come and manage this family business that I've set up right fucking now. Uh, have you any experience with horses? No, doesn't matter. You're going to manage these cunts. He'd been on a horse once when he was little, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, I don't know how he fare if he goes on them again. Um but Drew's pretty resistant to this. He's like, listen, Dad, you can't just fucking tell me I'm 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 a horse manager now. No, because he, he lives in the fucking Erinsborough. He's got an house, he's got a wife, he's a wife whose mum's got amnesia and thinks she's fifteen and a dad who's heartbroken because she will never fucking love him again. Confirmed. Um <laughs> uh, he's got a kid who's got an ear infection. He's got a job as a mechanic. Um, he's doing all that. Like he's got pals. Yeah, I don't. Lou, Lou's a good mate. Yeah, he's he's got his own like life down in Edinburgh, and he's like, listen, yeah. you can't just expect me to come and live in the countryside again. Um, but he is slightly tempted. He's like, oh, he does miss the countryside? Do miss the countryside? He could go on bike rides. He could go to Starbucks. He could like murder people, treasure hunts, all sorts. And there is, and like to be fair as well, Erinsborough is fucking mad. Like this is like, yes, loads of fucking. There's so much pedo going on in the city, Dad. Like there's some people try to pedo me. <laughs> yeah, reverse pedoing. <laughs> he's like he's fucking rife, Dad. But then there's like no. assaults. There's the pedoing, obviously. There's amnesia. There's people who can't read there's like food poisoning there's like armed robberies there's death there's a lot of shit happening on one very small little fucking cul-de-sac here yeah this is fucking mental maybe he might as well move to the country and it'll probably be a lot safer for him yeah i imagine i imagine he's like yeah this would be a great place for me to grow old yeah yeah with my wife and child maybe we can have some more kids as well That'd be so. Well, I think his dad says at one point, you know, there's room in this because he's bought him a fucking house. He has. He's bought massive fucking, fucking house. house. He's got well. five fucking bedrooms. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if they counted all the rooms in the house and whether when he I says five know. bedrooms, one of them's actually just a fucking cupboard. I don't know, but uh, his, his dad even says to him, "There's room here for more kids," which would be so nice. Drew would, Drew would love that. Surely Libby would love that. She could write for the lo- local magazine. Yeah, like there won't be as much shit. She could probably just tell all the stories that have happened in Erinsborough in the local news, and it'd be the best fucking newspaper ever. You would, wouldn't you? You'd write. You'd, you wouldn't. You'd write a novel about the story, like all the things that have happened in Ramsey Street, um, and you'd make it easy to read and fun. And the characters would be relatable and entertaining, um, and it'd probably be like it'd probably be a real good read. Yeah, you'd write about you know what you know. You would. You wouldn't go mental and do like I don't know something that that's like proper out there, would you? You'd stick. People always say write what you know. 
yeah, you stick to what you know. Uh, so yeah, he's like, listen, these can be Kirk and Sons and Sons and yeah. Sons forever. All the Sons, you're right. All the Sons. And he's like, oh, I'll talk to Libby then. I'll talk to Libby. And Libby shows up, like I said, three minutes later. I was like, yeah, I'm here now. Uh, with Ben. I was here. Fine. Yeah, one of the aforementioned Sons. Uh, he's like, yeah, I want to talk to you about something. But before he gets a chance to talk to her about that, his dad has an angina attack. He's like, oh, fucking hell. Oh, fuck. And I thought he was putting this on. Yeah, I, th- I felt this was a bit of a hard sell here. Yeah. Because just uh, when you were like, oh, yeah, we like the sound of it. But to be honest, we've all got all that shit in Ramsey Street and we do fucking live there. And it, straight away, he's like, oh, give me my pills. Give me the pills, the pills. And yeah, he's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fucking hard sell. And that's where we leave it. What What's going to happen is, is Drew's dad's going to die. Is he is he an, is he not a well man? What's going on there? Is Drew? Is this where we leave it? This is where we leave oh, it. Shit, yeah, I've watched two more episodes. Okay, yeah, yeah. this is where we're going to leave it for this episode ninety seven. Uh, nope, completely wrong. Um, that's fine. Uh, what, what? Why? What number are we on? Oh shit! I thought you meant episode number. Not. I thought you meant four thousand. Yeah. Ignore me. Ignore me. Be do. I imagine. <laughs> So yeah, is is Drew gonna get convinced? By it? Is he gonna be able to convince Lizzie? Is is Libby gonna be able to go for this? Does she want to do this? So many questions that need answers. And have don't we put, got the answers? We have got the answers. Fucking yes, we have got the answers. Uh, in the next episode, eighty nine. No, not eighty nine. Ninety eight. Fucking hell! <laughs> I've been doing this for ninety seven episodes. You have literally this. You fucking it's... disgrace. It's uh, it's amazing. We've got anywhere near a hundred, but we are in touching distance now of hundred. I, I can taste it. Oh, what does it, what does it taste like? Um, it used to take taste quite bitter, but now <laughs> it tastes oh so sweet. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Uh, I thought you were just going to say it tastes like horse. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, join us on this road to episode 100 next week all your answers might be answered <laughs> <laughs> or they might oh, not. answering answers for 97 episodes you f- oh sorry everyone <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell i've lost it here uh never mind if you're if you've come along this far along then we haven't come this far to only come this far, have we? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so join us next week for episode 98. Uh, we have Tim as well for episode we'll 98. See. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how he's Valentine's Day. Uh, I imagine episode 98, 98 will be a lot of us just quizzing Tim about his Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for the kid already, but fuck it. He brings it on himself. <laughs> he certainly does. I, I'm going to leave you with this. So I did say to Peyton the other day, I was like, he's he's not doing the podcast because it's Valentine's Day and he doesn't want to do it. And then he's done something else. And then I'm like, he's not even planned anything. He just wants to get Thai food. I was like, it's just fucking weird. And Peyton went, well, he's your friend. So he's the fucking mug. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, true. True. Uh, he is our friend and we love him for that. Uh, so again we'll see you next week for episode 98 the road to 100 Uh, 
thank you very much, Adam, for showing up. Uh, Props. You, you can probably get your shagging on now, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and then make a nice dinner. <laughs> Send us pictures. <laughs> of, of the dinner. I like seeing the din. I like seeing the gustos that you make. Uh, and, and some of the other pictures too. <laughs> 